This is Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International, a non-denominational end times ministry dedicated to fulfilling a divine commission to trumpet forth warnings from God concerning the imminent second coming of Christ and the impending judgment of God upon the ungodly. God has sent Dr. Hansen to many nations of the world with a solemn warning to the political and religious leaders and citizenry to repent of their sinfulness and wickedness or face the catastrophic judgments that will soon be unleashed upon the unbelieving world. Listen now to the warnings of our compassionate and merciful Creator conveyed through His faithful prophetic spokesman, the host of Warning Radio, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. This is Adalia Hansen. Welcome to today's program. So today I'll be sharing the topic will be the name of Jesus. In the Old Testament, God revealed himself in dimensions to the patriarchs. He revealed himself to them through his names, as God would meet with people in their lives and manifest himself to them. They began to know God in different aspects. To Abraham, he revealed himself as El Shaddai. If you read the book of Genesis, chapter 17, verse 1, if you are using the complete Jewish Bible, it says, When Abraham was 99 years old, Adonai appeared to Abraham and said to him, I am El Shaddai. Walk in my presence and be pure-hearted. Then we see God revealing himself as El Elyon, in the book of Genesis, chapter 14, verse 18, Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was priest of God Most High. El Elyon means God Most High. We see God revealing himself to Moses as the I Am, that I Am. Exodus, chapter 3, verse 14. Well, during those days, a name was not only identification, it was an identity as well. As God would meet with people in their lives and manifest himself to them, they began to know God in different aspects. You see, throughout the Old Testament on how God revealed dimensions of himself as an all-sufficient God, as the Lord God Almighty, as a provider as a banner, we talk about Jehovah Nisi, the book of Genesis, I know, Exodus chapter 17, verse 15. You hear about Yahweh, you hear about Jehovah Jireh, the provider, Genesis 22, verse 14. So this is the way God just revealed himself during the olden times. And they were able to identify him with the dimension he revealed himself to. But now, if we come to the New Testament, during the time of Jesus. Now we see, now the church was formed. And I remember Jesus said, Now the church shall be built upon this rock, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now we see the revelation of Jesus as the rock, as the builder of the church. 
Now the church has been given the name of Jesus to be able to identify him with it, to be able to function with authority and to function with power. If you read the book of Colossians chapter 2 verse 9, it says, For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. Now in Jesus, we see the totality of God. He is the image of the invisible God. The Bible says in John 14 verse 9, Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So the people that walked with him, the disciples that walked with him, the people all around, you know, they knew God of the Old Testament, like God, the one who revealed himself as the provider, as the deliverer, as their source. But now here comes Jesus and tells them, if you see me, you have seen the Father. We know that God is a spirit. And now I'm sure these people are kind of confused. They're wondering, what Jesus was trying to imply that he and God are one. Now, these people thought he was implying, but that's the truth of the matter, that Jesus is God and was God then, that it was God in flesh revealing himself to man. Also, John 10 verse 30 says, I and the Father are one. Now we see all these dimensions of Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Shama, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nisi, all of those dimensions in the Old Testament, all are embodied in Christ Jesus. All of that is in him. If you need a provider, there he is. You call on his name. If you need protection, you call on his name. If you need provision, if you need comfort, if you need peace, he's the Prince of Peace. All of that, all that the Old Testament people were able to see or be revealed to as God is in Jesus. All of that is in Jesus. So we have not just been given one dimension or just having a small aspect of who he is. We can see the Father in him. We're able to have the Spirit through him. If you read the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17... It says, Now the Lord is the Spirit. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. It says, Now the Lord. The Lord that they knew and they walked with and they heard about is the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Jesus. He's also called the Spirit of the Living God. Well, I'll expound on that if you read the book of Galatians, chapter 4, verse 6. It says, because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. The spirit calls out, Abba, Father. It says the spirit of his son. Now we have gotten the part that the Holy Spirit is the spirit of Jesus. I like this one minister who was trying to describe the Holy Spirit. And he said, the Holy Spirit is Jesus unlimited. You know, that it's the Holy Spirit here is Jesus here on earth and limited that he's able to function in the church or even minister to people outside the church. It is Jesus unlimited. When Jesus told them that tarry and wait on him, he told the disciples, it's not just about zeal. I know they had zeal to do the work of God, but Jesus had to tell them, wait and tarry 
for the Holy Spirit, for them to be endued with power. So it was him ascending and his spirit coming into the earth to do the great work that was ordained from the foundation of the world. Now, Jesus is also known as the Word. If you read the book of John, chapter 1, verse 1 to 3, it says, In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. If you look at this statement, it brings about a personality. It's not just like a written word, but it speaks about a personality. Was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was was God. Jesus is the Word, and He is, and the Word actually. I know we have the written Word in the Bible, the Logos, but Jesus is the living Word. He is, the Word is a person. The Word is a personality. If you read the book of Revelation, chapter 19, verse 13, it says, He is dressed in a robe, dipped in blood, and His name is the word of God. Now you see that the word of God is a person. We read the word. Anything we read here in the Bible, we read through it. We are actually reading and just having a revelation of Christ through the written word. And that's what the Holy Spirit works on. We need to be filled with the word of God for the Holy Spirit to be able to work in us and through us. Because the Bible says that he doesn't speak for himself. He speaks only what he hears. John chapter 16 verse 13. It says, However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. So there are many people who would want to have the Lord address them and speak to them. But you have the Bible. The Bible is able to relate to you what Jesus is actually speaking in these days because he is the word of God. So when you read the word of God, it's Jesus speaking to you. It might not be in person him appearing physical in front of you, but the word of God, which is the witness of who Jesus is, and he is actually the spoken word of God. The Bible said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. So by this word and him being the word, it gives life to you. It gives life to your spirit. It gives life to your soul. And in, in that you find answers to questions that you have been asking. I know people have had a desire for God to reveal himself in a form where they could actually see him, whether in a vision or in a dream. But it all starts from you understanding of who he is in his word. From there on, even the Holy Spirit will be able to expound on what you are reading, to be able to reveal Christ to you. The Holy Spirit will be able to reveal the depths of things that we do not know through His Word and through revelation. But we do need to fill ourselves with the Word, to eat the Word of God, not just to read it, but to eat the Word of God. You meditate upon it. You're able to actually 
you can even feel the great power that's just being released as you just continually meditate upon the Word of God. And you gain an understanding. And then from there on, you have a foundation. And also, you are able to have an understanding on what the whole, even when the Holy Spirit is trying to open up the scriptures to you to have more understanding, you already have something that he could work with. Because God asked Moses, what do you have in your hand? He had a rod. It's the same way. What do you have? What do you carry inside of you? What scripture do you have inside of you that he can be able to use to reveal even much more great things that you need to know? The book of Philippians chapter 2, verse 9 to 10. Wherefore God also has highly exalted him, And given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in the heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. Now here it's being revealed to us that when we mention this name, that this name carries so much power that shakes and moves things, both in the heavens and both in the earth. I usually emphasize on people understanding this name because it's not a magic word. It's not a chant. It's not a it's not just a word that you can just use it in vain and just throw it all over the place and have it work. You've had of people cursing with the name of Jesus. You've had them when they say they have a blooper or something, they use that name. But it's because they do not have an understanding of the personality of the person who bears that name or also the power of that name or also even the fear of that name because we're told not to use the name of the Lord God in vain. People have to have an understanding that he is both Lord and Christ with a reference to the book of Acts chapter 2 verse 36. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. So people who throw his name all over the place don't recognize him as Lord and they don't recognize him as Christ as well. So you see his name being misused all over the place. And also you have heard of people also being called that name. If children are given that name. I'll give you a story. There was a man a deliverance minister. He was going to deliver a man from demons. And when he rebuked the spirit, the spirit asked him, which Jesus? He was rebuking the spirit in the name of Jesus. And the spirit, with so much attitude, said, which Jesus? It's because there's many Jesuses that are being taught out here. Even the occult, they have occults that are using the name of Jesus. There was also a story going around that a man who came from witchcraft had said that they even used that name. So for the demon to have the audacity to ask which Jesus, because there are false Jesuses out there, you find that the enemy disguises himself as the angel of light and deceive many to think that he is the Lord. And we know his devices. We know we're not ignorant of his devices. So what the minister said, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I command you to go. And the demon did go eventually. It's because the man did have an understanding on this name and the name that he's calling. It was not a magic word to chase the demons away, but he had an understanding within him and in his spirit 
to know that Jesus is Lord and he is Christ. He is the anointed one. And also he had identified himself with him. It's an identity of Christ through his name and also him identifying himself in Christ. It talks about the believer's position. It talks about the believer's position in the family of God and the authority that has been passed down to the believer in his name. So the people will have to have an understanding and identify with the personality that has that name. If you read the story of the sons of Sceva, you see them trying to use the name to cast out a demon. And the demons would say, well, Paul, we know. Jesus, we know. Who are you? So you have to be known in the kingdom of God. You have to have an identity in him, not just being called a believer and yet you don't even know who you are. You have to find your identity in Christ. That's why you hear of people, they call upon the name of Jesus and nothing happens. They try to heal the sick in the name and nothing happens and you wonder. But the fact remains that the name of Jesus is powerful. That does not remove his power in his name. It's not the person. Does the person have understanding? Does the person realize it's not a magic word, but it has power? But it all comes to this, that the people of God perish because of lack of knowledge. Do they have the knowledge or understanding of this powerful name that causes the heaven and the earth to shake? And it says that the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and things in heaven and things in earth, and things under the earth. In the Bible, we hear of him having spoiled principalities and powers. He made a show of them openly triumphing over them in it. We see this great personality causing havoc in the kingdom of darkness. But if you see an entity trying to withstand and able to oppose a person trying to use his name, and to a point so full of pride and answer, who are you or which Jesus are you calling? We have to be very careful and know this Lord and know this God, Jesus, to be able to be effective, to be able to use his, his name and cause an impact in the kingdom of God. We need to deep into the scriptures. We need to identify ourselves in him. And also be rooted and grounded in him for us to be powerful than ever before. Through his name we are saved. We may approach the Father. His name give us a hearing with the Father. Because if you read the book of John chapter 14 verse 13 to 15 it says, And whatever you ask in my name that I will do that. The Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. So it causes us to examine ourselves. When we use this name, and we constantly use this name, and there's no response, there's no backup from heaven, there's no power released, we need to probably examine ourselves as the church and, and try to find out what is the problem. Do we not have an understanding? Do we recognize him? Are we submitted to him? Do we see him as the Lord and Savior of our lives? So we just examine ourselves to find out where we are at in the spirit.
everything that he is and was is invested in his name. If we say in his name or in the name of Jesus, it demonstrates the believer's position, the legal standing in the family of God, and also representing him in the world. It's more than just saying it. It's just more than just saying in the name of Jesus or in his name. It's identifying strongly with the personality of Christ. Paul, they use handkerchiefs, they use things from his body, and they drove out demons and sicknesses and diseases. You know, he was not just calling out that name. No, he was speaking that name and he was acting in that name. He knew his identity in Christ. He recognized his authority. He was submitted to that name. He had an understanding. The Bible talks about him speaking mysteries to the church. The Lord was able to reveal mysteries to him. That these are the things that even now as a church we can ponder upon and be able to increase in knowledge and in understanding in the God that we are serving. The book of Acts chapter 19 verse 12 so that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick, and the diseases left them, and the evil spirits went out of them. If you read the book of Acts chapter 5 verse 15, so that they brought the sick out into the streets and lay them on beds and couches, that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on some of them. And also in the book of Acts chapter 3, verse 6. Then Peter said, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. You could see the great power that this apostles walked in by just recognizing and walking in the authority and in the name of Jesus Christ. Now we are wondering what's happening in the church. Where is the power that we will promise that it's going to be ushered into the church, revealed in the church, that will cause the people outside the church to be in awe. Where is the power? We know of people who have gone to be with the Lord, and some of them are actually walking in the power of the Holy Spirit in the church. But we're talking about the church in totality. The church needs to have power. We have already been given the name of Jesus. We've already been given the Holy Spirit that we should be able to walk in power and authority. And yet still we find people in the church. We find sick people in the church. We find people who are demonized in the church. We find people who are just oppressed here and there. And they go to church every Sunday or every other day that they go to church and they come in the church and they go back the same. Something needs to be addressed. We need to go back to the scriptures and find out and dig in so that we may walk in the power and the authority that is in his name. It starts from us individually. And then we come together as a church to cause an impact in the kingdom of God and also in the world. There is power in that name, but we just have to identify with that name, identify with the personality of Christ Jesus and be able to walk in the fullness of God. We must know what it means and then we need to mean what we are saying. Demons can recognize when a person is walking in power and authority. That's why sometimes you find people trying to cast out demons and the person just looks at them. The demons just look at them and they go like, um, they probably roll their eyes because they know 
they know that that person is not walking in authority, though they're busy mentioning the name of Jesus, and yet there's nothing happening. We need to go back. We need to go back to the Scriptures. We need to go back to the Word of God. Because when we read the Scriptures and we read the Word of God, we are actually reading in to Jesus Himself, for He is the Word of God. He is the person of the Word of God. So today, I just want to encourage you to read the Scriptures, to be able to understand the Scriptures, to be able to meditate the Word of God, not just read it, but eat the Word of God. For it is said that we should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. If we have the Scriptures, the Scriptures are supposed to come alive to us. The Holy Spirit is the one that will cause the Scriptures to come alive. That when we are, when we are in a situation or we are in a presence of evil or sickness or disease or darkness, we might be able to stand in the authority of His name and say, In the name of Jesus, we command you to lose. In the name of Jesus, we bind you. And we see an impact and we see a result of what we are actually saying. The power needs to come back to the church as the body of Christ. Thanks for listening to this episode of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International. Warning Radio is a listener-supported program. We need your donations in order to continue airing these Christ-centered prophetic programs. Send your checks or money orders to World Ministries International, Post Office Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. To donate securely by phone, call 360-629-5248. Visit our website to find other ways of giving and a wealth of information about World Ministries International and host Dr. Jonathan Hansen. The website is worldministries.org. There, you'll also have access to hundreds of previously aired radio programs, made-for-television videos, thousands of articles, Dr. Hansen's books, and travel itinerary. Again, the website is worldministries.org. The phone number is 360-629-5248. Tune in at this same time, Monday through Friday, on this radio station for the next exciting edition of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Remember, the Lord is not slow about the promise of His return, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for everyone to come to the repentance that leads to eternal life.